Amen. Let's, uh, let's pray. Dear Father, uh, we sing it, here am I, send me. Uh, I'm not sure we mean it. I'd rather you send someone else. Therefore, we pray in this moment, at this time, in this place, we pray, Lord, that you would change our minds, change our hearts. Lord, we invite you to bring your kingdom to come here and your will to be done now, right here in this room, in this neighborhood, in this region as it is in heaven, from you to us, through us, to the people who live around us that need you so badly. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, uh, Just to remind you, I'm Greg, and I'm here to preach. I thought I'd get a little bitter rise out of you for that, but no. Okay. Well, I I see how this is going to go. We are glad to be here, though. We come to you from uh, Houston, Texas, and um, that that gives me great uh, joy, knowing that y'all are from the South, too. So when I say amen, you'll say Yeah. I'm up in Indiana or someplace. They think we're done. Like, well, that wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, and what we're looking for is, is your agreement in what God's word would say to you and me at this time in this place. And as we heard earlier, we heard from the gospel reading that Jesus uh, has, has announced something that is in play right now in Gainesville, Georgia. He said the kingdom of God has arrived. Y'all believe the kingdom of God is on the loose in Gainesville, Georgia? Do you believe that the king is loose in Gainesville? Yes, yes he is. And that, you see, that changes everything. Because if you simply believe in a teaching, if you simply believe in a story, and you don't actually believe him, not believe in him, that's settled, that's done, you got that by the gift of the Holy Spirit, I mean believe him then you will leave these doors and you will not be looking for him. You will not be anticipating him because you don't really think he's on the loose out there, right? So if you really believe him, and I know you do, then it's time for us to go out and keep our eyes open, live in anticipation of what he will show us, in an expectation that something is already on the move. Something that's already happening. Something's already being shown to us. Something's already being said to us. And as we go along and we are being trained by Jesus to look and see, to listen and hear, then we'll also learn to recognize these things, these people, and to respond. My name is Greg Finke, as we made mention, and I've been a pastor for 130 years. (laughs) No, it just seems like it, I guess. But all kidding aside, we uh, come alongside churches like yours, leaders like you have, people like you, in a community like Gainesville and the surrounding areas, to help them become more intentional and consistent about what they really say they want to be about, which is to be followers of Jesus. We, uh, we talk about that in this way because we worship Jesus as you have been doing. We benefit from Jesus as you have. You have been loved by Jesus, forgiven by Jesus, saved by Jesus. You're in. Amen? Amen. 
Turn to your neighbor and say you're in. Just they need to hear this. Tell him you're, tell that guy he's that guy's sitting by himself. Tell him he's in. Yeah. Hey, you need to know that. That has been settled since you were baptized. And I'm not looking at any one person, but for some of you, that has been decades now, right? <laughs> that's, that's good. That's done. But now we not only get to worship Jesus and benefit from Jesus, you're invited to get up and go with Jesus. No, no, no. Not the idea of Jesus or a verse of Jesus. The resurrected spirit of Jesus on the loose in Gainesville. Come follow me. It's not a memory verse. It's not a text and a message from time to time. It's a daily invitation to you, the baptized. You're in. Now, come with me. Let's go see what the Father's prepared in advance for us to do today. He said it this way. Freely you've received, freely give. Freely you've received and you have an abundance How great is the love the Father has lavished on you that you should be called children of God. I mean, look at you. (laughs) I guess I'm having more fun than you are. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, look at us. Why would God love us? And yet this love he has is lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what you are. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Here's what I would invite you to do. Trust that. Trust that. Because as you believe that you are so loved, it begins to change you. I mean, I know you memorize stuff when you were eighth grade or you hear about stuff once a week from time to time. No, no. I mean, trust him and what he says to you, about you, and then what he invites you into. Because it's a whole lot better than what most of you are settling for. (laughs) I mean, look at you. You're bored still. Now, that might be because of me. But I'll tell you one thing, I know a lot of bored Christians out there because they have settled for going to church rather than being the church. We go to church, we flip on the on-duty switch, we smile, we tell everybody we're fine, and then we head out the door, we hit the off-duty switch, and we blend in. And we wonder why our community is just kind of slowly falling in on itself. I'll tell you why. For a very long time now, the church is becoming more and more comfortable with going to church rather than being the church. We go to church on Sunday, we make it as easy as possible. Instead of being the church on Monday, where this community actually needs us to be. You see, Gainesville, Georgia doesn't need another church for Christians to go to church. For heaven's sakes, I'm tripping over them as I'm getting there, right? Church after church after church. What Gainesville, Georgia doesn't need is another church for a bunch of Christians to go to. Christians need churches to go to. Amen. But Gainesville, Georgia, this community doesn't need one more church full of Christians. You know what this community needs? One church that's willing to be church on Monday. That would be a great blessing to this community. Yeah. Could you imagine? I mean, just think about it. If all the Christians in church this Sunday worshiping Jesus got off the pew, instead of hitting the off-duty switch, went out watching and listening, noticing, caring about the people that are already nearby, their neighbors, their co-workers, and started to offer a little bit. Don't be weird. Don't be clingy. Just offer a little bit of what you got. A little joy, a little peace, a little goodness, 
a little grace, a little insight, a little wisdom, a little, sure, I got some time. Sure, I can help. It's called following Jesus. And if all the Christians in church this Sunday worshiping Jesus in Gainesville went home and did the one thing he gave you to do, love your neighbor. You'd see a step change in this community. Now, I don't know what will happen because that's the fun of getting up after the Word of God has been reminded to us, right? After we've had a little smell and salt, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? And now we're ready to get up and go out with Jesus? You never know what might happen this week. But if what happens next week is what happened this week, all the Christians will go home and blend in very nicely. Thank you very much. There'll be a pain in the neck. All in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And we wonder why people don't trust us anymore. Talk about love, but we give out judgment. Talk about grace, but we give out what people deserve. Talk about truth, but we live for whatever is convenient for myself. Nice job, church. Well, you're going straight to heaven. Don't worry, because you're saved by good thing, huh? <laughs> I'm still the only one having fun. Okay, that's all right. No, I'm getting used to it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, good thing we're saved by grace. But here's the deal, that, that when we live that way, it starts to have its effect. And frankly, they can tell. They, they, they don't see much love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, because you don't care, right? And since you don't realize, I mean, you believe it, you confess it, you say, I'm so sorry, God, I'll try to do, no, we don't even say I'll try to do better next time. We're just like, please forgive me, right? And we get smaller and smaller and harder and harder and more and more petty and more and more selfish, Right? And Jesus knows this, and he loves you just the way you are, but much too much to leave you this way. And so he offers these wonderful words of advice. The kingdom of God is in Gainesville, all right? Here's what I need you to do, Jesus says. It's for your own good. Ready? Repent. I mean, how's this working for you anyway, right? You may, not want to rep- you, you may not want you to repent, but almost everyone else around you would really appreciate it. <laughs> now they're warming up a little bit. He told me 8 o'clock was, or 8.30 was tough. You guys, you're tough. I, you must be drinking decaf for the last two hours. But seriously, that's what this is about, right? Repent. Believe the good news. Right? And then what? Come follow me. You'll have the time of your life. The biggest thing in our way is not, oh, I can't do this. Jesus says that this is so simple, even a little child can do it. The rub, of course, is that unless you change and become like a little child, you won't want to do it, right? Even a little child can receive love and offer love, can treat people with kindness, can can you, they might have to put their mind to it, but can treat people better than they deserve. Yeah, even a little child can do it. Jesus says, what's in the way? It's just us. It's simple. It's simple. All we have to do is get over ourselves. Repent. Believe the good news. Come follow me. 
Let's go see what the Father's prepared in advance for us to do today. Ephesians chapter 2 is a wonderful chapter. You probably know many chunks of it by heart. Uh, in, in verses 8 and 9, we uh, Lutherans particularly enjoy that. I think Luther actually wrote it and Paul stuck it in for him. That's a joke. <laughs> in case there's some people in here like, what, what? No, 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 it, that's not how it happened. It's uh, from the Holy Spirit through St. Paul. He says this, for we are saved by grace through faith. That's right. And this not of ourselves. It's a gift from God, not by works, lest any man should boast. That's right. And so that says in a nutshell how we are saved, right? We did not deserve it. We did not earn it, but we desperately needed it. And so in his grace, he loved you, forgave you, took away your sins for you through the his own blood shed on the cross and put his spirit back into you. You turn to your neighbor and say, congratulations, he must love you. Go ahead. Congratulations, he must love you. That's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. And, and, and let me just say something. This is, this is not for everyone. It's just for a few of you, right? If that cannot bring a smile to your face, you really need to look in the mirror and ask yourself, do you trust this? Because if you trust this, then it better bubble up and your face better show it. Because here's what Jesus says. You can tell them by their fruit. It's through the outward expression that is revealed the inner heart. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. I'm just giving you a heads up, right? Because I don't want you to get to the end of days, right? You finally knock off. You get into heaven because you're saved by and then you get there, right? And I'm going to be about 50 feet away, I'm, but I'm going to be listening, right? As you get up there and say, oh, yes, sir, I heard exactly what you said, but I didn't want to do it. <laughs> now, come on, that's a little funny. <laughs> Does that even sound close to being smart, though? Yes, sir, I heard exactly what you said, but I'm setting my ways. Well, that's just the silliest thing. You'd be much better off doing what Jesus gave you to do. Repent. Get over yourself. Realize it's not about you. You are no longer your own. You were bought with a price. He saved you not only from yourself, but from being bored. Because see, now that we know how we are saved, the question then becomes, why are we saved? Is it so that, okay, I'm in. Do I sit on the pew, run out the clock till I die and go to heaven someday? Doesn't that sound exciting? Well, going to heaven sounds exciting, but then there might be a decade or six or seven. What do you do? Well, we go to church. <laughs> now, nothing against, because it's, it's, this is above average in every way. Um, <laughs> but if this is the best we got to offer, well, then, yeah, I, I guess I can see why people are like, ah, well, whatever. But you see, right after, Paul doesn't let us wonder about this. He tells us straight up. You see, what, you know what's right? Well, let me ask you this way. Do you know what's after Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? Verse 10, that's right. <laughs> There's always someone in the crowd. Yeah, verse 10. And that is where he finishes the full thought. He says, for we are God's workmanship. Remember this? We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, 
to do the good the Father prepared in advance for us to do. You see, he tells you how you are saved, but now you get to know why you are saved. You see, God did all that work on you. He, you are his workmanship. He did all that work of gracing you and faithing you and saving you for a reason. He had to get the sin out of you and his spirit back in you to redeem you, restore you to your true identity and purpose, which is being a little Christ in this world. That's what Christian actually means, huh? So you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. What? So you get back in the game that you now get to get up every day, remember who you are, remember who you're following. Jesus is like, wake up, wake up. Shake the cobwebs out, get some coffee, brush your hair, brush your teeth. <laughs> oh, so, well, wipe your head. Um, uh, <laughs> he's a good sport. Uh, but then, when you're ready, what, what, what? Come follow me. We got things, the Father's prepared stuff today, friend. Come on, let's go see the good that the Father's prepared in advance for us to do. And so whether you are a senior citizen or a kid in school or anyone in between, go out and keep your eyes open. Who needs a little bit of what you already have in abundance? That neighbor, that classmate, that coworker. Who can you give a little seed of goodness, a little cool cup of water, of laughter, a little pinch of yeast, of wisdom. Just a little. Just a little. But we do that because that's who we are. That's what we do. We're followers of Jesus. We freely receive, so of course we're going to freely give. That's the fun of getting up and getting after it every day. That's your identity. That's your purpose. And when we ignore it and say no to it, it shrinks us up and hardens us. And our capacity not only to give love, but even to experience the depth of the love you already have. It doesn't take away any of that love, but your ability to experience it, right? It makes no sense for you to keep this up. Oh, get over yourself. Everybody will be happy about this. And will free you up to not only fully experience the grace you already have and that you have had since you were baptized, but now to start to offer that to someone else that's nearby. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, that all is well and good, Pastor, but you don't know my neighbor. My neighbor is irritating. Yeah. No, I know we all got them, Right? Uh, turns out I was able to talk to your neighbor last night, and, well, they're irritated with you, too. <laughs> and now, here's the situation, right? Two people living next to each other, working next to each other, going to classes next to each other, are irritated with each other, are looking for ways, passive-aggressively, of course, to get them back. One has the spirit of the living God and an abundance of grace and the other one does not. Who gets to blink? Get over themselves. And start to treat the other better than they deserve. Rats. Sounds like us, doesn't it? 
But when you do that, my friends, you will start to discover what is already at hand. You will discover not just the truth of the kingdom, but the reality of the presence of the kingdom, which is right there. All it took was getting over yourself and doing what Jesus gave you to do. It affects the material world. And just like throwing a pebble into a pond, you see the ripples, the same is true. And therefore, in the name of Jesus, I dare you to do it. (laughs) Oh, I'm in Georgia, so I double dog dare you. Uh Uh-huh. Jesus says it this way. Come follow me. Here's the underlying question. Will you do it? It could be a very good week for Gainesville, Georgia if the worshipers of Jesus became the followers of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Dear Father, we have indeed received from you abundant grace. We have been forgiven through the death and resurrection of your own Son. Your Spirit has been placed in us as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come, yes, but as an empowerment to will and to act according to your purpose in this life, in this community, in this family, in this workplace, in this school. Freely we have received. Lord God, help us to get over ourselves and start to freely give it away. It's true. This community doesn't need one more church for Christians, but it does need Christians that are willing to go out and be church for the good of others. Lord, here I am. Send me. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.